You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Well, hey, everybody, we've got a very special program coming your way right now, hard-hitting, to the point, direct. I have Josiah O'Neill. Uh, with us today, running for Congress, 49th District. And you need to sit up and take uh, a listen to what he has to say for a lot of reasons. But one of them is he's a U.S. Army combat veteran, uh, medic, if I remember right. He has served in uh, the diplomatic security high threat uh, services to our uh, key officials. I know that uh, he provided security for uh, a friend of mine by the name of Secretary Mike Pompeo. He's now active law enforcement protecting uh, here us in Southern California. He's a brother. He has got an awesome voice and a mean worship leader. And uh, he needs your vote and your love as he's running for office. Because when I look at this guy, I not only see somebody who's running for office that should be in office, but I see somebody who um, I can trust my life with and, and I have. And I do. Don't forget that you can always subscribe to the Jack Hibbs podcast by hitting subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. So adjust your pods, turn up the volume, and get ready. Let's roll. Real Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Josiah, thanks for being here. And what we need to do, listen, I'm a voter. You're running for office. You got to give me some hope here, man. I'm in California. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I know a lot of people have. I'm not leaving. Uh, I'm waiting for heaven. In the meantime, I'm going to fight in, in this beautiful cesspool called California. But you got to throw me something. Why should somebody, why should somebody vote? Why should somebody get in the yeah. fight? Why are you in the fight? Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, first yeah, of all. Yeah, you bet. Um, yeah, so I guess the ray of hope would be that we know how to fix the problems. We know exactly what we need to do. The question is, will people exercise their civic right and go and vote? Mm. Um, before we get into any of the you know, deeper issues, let's just clarify that 
we could solve a lot of the problems we have by people showing up to vote. We still have now to date astronomical numbers mm -hmm. of people who do not vote. We see that in the primaries. In fact, it's worth mentioning that most people think it's, it's the most voter turnout is during the presidential election because there's this concept, you know, they're, they're looking for a messianic figure. It's That's like, right. well, the president could Good save point. us and, and it's just not true. And the left knows that. Uh, they know the value of the grassroots movement of your school boards and your county supervisors and your judges and That's your district right. attorneys. In fact, they've put a lot of money and effort into taking those positions. And just recently in my, in my uh, campaign, looking at that voter data was shocking for me. Uh, I can speak directly to I'm running in California's 49th district where there's almost 800,000 people. And close to only 10% of people actually vote in the primaries. And of those people, that's usually the establishment's pick, right? So most people don't even see the candidates right. who are running. Right. That's um, ridiculous. So, yeah. So, yeah. And, and we, we know exactly what's wrong and we know how to fix it. But people, first of all, have to put people there who, who can fix the problems, right? You, you can't solve a problem if you don't understand it. Yeah. And that's a big issue for us in, in politics. Yeah. Well, the awesome thing about you being a candidate, what people may not realize is that you're in, you're, you are remarkably equipped for this. And you have fought and served for liberty and freedom. You know what the Constitution's about. You've defended it. And today, like you're saying, there's this apathy that is permeating our age. You mentioned 800,000 plus voters in the 49th, but... Isn't the truth uh, this, that if the Christians cared enough about their culture, their schools, where they live, what that, you know, in the 49th, that if the Christians went out and voted, you'd, you'd win hands down. You're a hands brother. Down. You love the word of God. You love the Bible. You love America. You, uh, you're the entire package. And people who say, well, you know what? There's nobody that fits my biblical worldview or, you know what? It's all this way or that way. There are Christians who either hide behind that or create a, their own padded a room of excuses to just be lazy that day. And what I love about who you are is that you're, you are challenging the person that is bearing their talent. I believe God in this republic has given us the responsibility to vote. Mm. And the Lord has brought you forward. I mean, I'd like to see everybody in the 49th vote for you, but I would certainly hope to expect that every Christian would get out and vote for you. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 and, and I think it's worth noting um, why your stance on politics is so valuable for such a time as this. Uh, in fact, you know, earlier we, we were talking about um, uh, Jim Garlow, Pastor Jim Garlow yeah. wrote a book, awesome. Well Versed, I actually have it right here. Great man. Um, biblical answers to today's tough issues. And I noticed just, just in the very beginning that he's talking about some polling that um, he did through a different study and Pew Research also confirmed that recently Christians want to be more involved in politics. Right. And it was surprising to see that the reason they weren't was not because uh, lack of desire or because they didn't care. It was that they didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to counter the issues. And so I turn back to the pastors and say, why don't your why why don't they know? What what are you teaching them? Right? They're not equipped to yeah. deal with relevant issues of the day. And and I also learned something else that's very interesting. And I would put this out there in case people don't know. I still get people coming up to me saying, 
well, you know, the church is a 501c3 and you shouldn't be involved in this and that. That is absolute like, garbage. Like that like that would matter to them. Right. They would just find something else to hide behind. Of course. Um, and, and I didn't know that, you know, Lyndon B. Johnson, That's right. who got that amendment in there in 52, really had an issue with two individuals. That's One right. was a media mogul and the other guy was an oil guy. Mm-hmm. And they had used their 501c3 organizations to put a lot of money against his race. And he was mad about it. So he fits this amendment in there. And it actually coincidentally affected the churches. And according to some of the guys that helped him put that amendment together, the church wasn't the target. Now, there's actually 29 different categories of 501c3s. That's right. right. But um, only three of them are barred from engaging in politics, according to the Johnson Amendment. And one of those three happens to be the church. Um, That's, of course, and and you know this, and I'm talking to the wider audience, but... We give them the permission yeah. to, to bar or ban us, which is this. The Johnson Amendment is absolutely unconstitutional. It's a pure violation of the First Amendment. Absolutely. There are organizations that we work with, ADF uh, and others, that are challenging that all the time. We send politically incorrect sermons to the IRS and the Department of Justice to provoke a lawsuit. This has been going on for decades, but they won't pick it up because... It'll go straight to the Supreme Court. It's a clear violation. And that's what we're trying to do. We're tr- exactly. Yeah. We're trying to get to the Supreme Court so yeah. we can get the Johnson Amendment destroyed because it can't hold an ounce of water. But th- here's the part that I'm concerned about is pastors, I they should be able to say, this is the gospel, teach a biblically-based message, lead 50, 150 people to Christ every week, and at the same time have voter registration in their uh, church and encourage people to know what the issues are and what candidates are pro-life. You know, people think it's against the law. You can't do that. You can't. Inform your congregation of what candidates are, are pro-border uh, strength, pro-life, pro-constitution. Pro yes. Second Amendment, pro First yeah. Amendment, you can do that. You can do that legally, and and a lot of other things. And uh, I'm hoping. I mean, I'm hoping that that pastors are waking up. I got to tell you, Associated Press called today, and they wanted an interview, and we went through it. And uh, that's the first thing she brought up is, Pastor, rumor has it that you don't obey the Johnson Amendment. And I said, absolutely not. Uh, we're trying to take it to the Supreme Good. Court. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And she was yeah. a Hindu. And after the interview, yeah. she said, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Thanks for doing that. And, and for, for people who <laughs> you know, may be listening and don't understand, the First Amendment explicitly says the government will not tell the pulpits what to do. That, that is what guarantees that the government doesn't establish a state religion and force everybody to follow it. Yep. In fact, that, that was such a valuable concept, right? Exactly. Oh my that, that even those who were deist in their own words still rode their horses up Pennsylvania Avenue and went to church That's at right. the Capitol building because they, they understood the value of that Christian Judeo perspective. As I've mentioned before, Winston Churchill said it was inexorable from Western civilization. As the Axis powers grew in Europe, he realized the only thing that's going to stop this secular humanist murder is the Christian Judeo values that make Western civilization. You know, and, and that gives us a unique perspective when it comes to issues because our worldview is correct. And, and that's where the left goes askew. If your worldview is not correct, you don't have a thing called discernment. Mm-hmm. You can't properly divide between right and wrong. And now they're, they're open about this. They, they openly say there's no such thing as right and wrong. That's right. They encourage mental illness. They encourage the abuse emotionally and physically of our chil- children. And so nothing that 
results from a skewed worldview is trustworthy. This is why, good intentions aside, they don't solve problems. Look at California. That's right. Perfect right? example. These, 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 uh, the laws that we pass, soft on crime laws, uh, the lack of security on the border, these are common sense issues. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't take a genius to, to look at some of these situations and say, that doesn't make any sense, right? Now, um, the left's perspective and their ideology is skewed from the get-go. The worldview is wrong, right? They, when, when, you, when you abandon the concept of accountability because we're mm-hmm. created and you go to the socialist Marxist perspective of the greater good and that the state should be the deity, et cetera, then you almost have to have chaos. Now, here's what's ironic. That's we, right. we were talking about this earlier, right? Isn't it ironic that the same individuals causing the problems then get to present themselves as the solution? Listen, you know, that's an ancient tactic. Absolutely it is. Absolutely. In fact, it's Antonio Gramsci. It's it's Marxist at at their finest. Even before that, it was, and it is, a tactic of advancing Islam. It's actually an Islamic doctrine that you go into a community or region that you are, are, are wanting to take over and that you create a problem. And then you go to the present or existing authorities and offer them the solution. And that's how you get in. And you get in, by the way, in quick order. And so that is a tactic. And they're doing it. What's amazing to me is we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to pay $7 a gallon for gas for the greater good. And you you correctly said that that the leftist leftist progressive they don't they don't they can't uh, make a, a difference between good and evil but their verbiage is you you all need to suffer for the for the the better good the the, the good of it all which their definition is the good of it all is for the exaltation of our team not your team our team not us it's we here not you there and uh California, California is such a quintessential example of what's wrong and how to govern wrongly that we just saw the other day on Breitbart, think headline news, it was Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom holding up their hands together. And Gavin Newsom's quote was, I have no doubt that Kamala Harris will be the next president of the United States. What does that mean? Read between the lines. Kamala Harris will be the next president of the United States and Gavin Newsom's the vice president. Those are two people from California, from the Bay Area. What more of a warning do you need to have that we're heading in the wrong direction? But we can change that if people vote. They got to register to vote and they got to get out and vote. But listen, so everything's wrong in California. Mm -hmm. Tell somebody why they should still practice voting. Well, it's like what I said, right? We, we, We properly identified the problem. So now we know how to solve it, right? We know what's behind the transient solution because our worldview is correct. We know that accountability is necessary. We know that it's not so much um, the fact that people don't have physical houses as much as it is 50% drug addiction and 50% mental illness, That's right. right? We know that we need to make the conservativeship process easier so that we can actually help people. We're, we're essentially reversing all the purposeful damage the left has done to California to breed dependency. Mm-hmm. Because as the for, uh, you know our founders said, um, Dependence breeds subservience. And so that's what they're playing out right now. And because we know that, we can stop it. We can make a difference. At a minimum, we can educate and use the platform to inform people. Because an informed people are a dangerous people. And the left doesn't want people informed. They want to keep them down and subservient. 
And, and California is a perfect example of that, where California destroys us with taxes and overburdens us with like things like the gas tax, yeah. and then turns around and says, this is why you need to vote for us, because the gas exactly. is high. I mean, if that's not just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I it's it's very, if you, if you step back 250 years ago, it's England and colonies all over again. Absolutely. Just yeah. like that. If Gavin Newsom declaring he has a $97 billion surplus was the most offensive thing that I've heard recently. Right. Because he... he he, he proclaimed it as if it was some kind of point of pride. Right. And and all I heard was, you stole $97 billion by overtaxing people without representation. And our roads are still messed up. He didn't spend it. Crime is through the roof. Through the Fentanyl roof. Fentanyl overdoses are out of control. Human trafficking is out of control. The roads aren't fixed. I mean, the people are fleeing California by the thousands, moving to places like Middle Tennessee to, to, to chase the American dream that's no longer possible in California. Right. right. But he wants to talk about how much money he's taken. Right. It's not his money. It's our money. What's going to have to happen for the unthinkable? <laughs> for some people, it's even the unprayable act that California could actually come back. What is it going to take? What What's going to happen? The churches have to wake up. Yep. Bo- bottom line, the the numbers are, are pretty bad. Right? Yes. It's it's roughly 50% of professing Christians never even registered to vote. Yeah, pathetic. But Bear, bearing are, their talent, by the way. That's, yes. That's exactly what Jesus warned about. Don't bury your light or your talent under a basket. That's exactly what they're yes, doing. Yes, absolutely. And we are the primary, primary purveyors of Western civilization. It was the church. Yep. And the left knows that. That's why they try to silence no everyone. Doubt. Right? So if, if the churches alone would start preaching truth... And, and, and tell their people that it's not enough to just believe in Jesus, but you have to live it. You have to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Uh-huh. If that alone would change, we would see massive revival in this state. Because like it or not, we have the power. You know what completely obliterates the establishment and all the politicians and all the millions of dollars in the world? The citizens showing up to vote. That's right. It doesn't matter how much money they spend. That's even true if they're going to embark upon cheating. If there's an overwhelming show of people, the people can actually thwart cheating by just sheer numbers. Of course, and it's a uh, there's a windfall effect, right? So that's right. The 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 um, the people that we allow to get into office then cause us harm. Mm-hmm. So you know there's a, there's a lot of work that we do, and it's important calling represented uh, mm-hmm. or uh, your elected officials and and trying to voice our concern over these assembly bills. But right. we need to we need to kind of take a step back and say, if we stop these people from getting elected in the first place, there, there wouldn't be so much suffering to protest. And that's a question I've had, as, as in, even in my candidacy, as I look at, again, not to beat a dead horse, but as I look at the amount of people that show up to vote, look, I see all the complaining on Facebook and Instagram and how outraged people are on Rumble. And I thought, well, I hope to see you at the polls. Exactly. Because <laughs> how about we turn that rage into civic duty? How about we get them out there and vote? I don't want to uh, conjure up or give anybody an excuse to use the word conspiracy, but I'm, an, I'm, I'm old enough to be your dad. When I went to school, w- civics was required of us. Hmm. We had to learn it. And it was ingrained within the Orange County, California school system that we would someday vote. We're going to vote someday. And I remember, and I haven't missed a vote since. When I was 18, mm. I, I voted for the first time. I've been voting ever since. Wow. It was expected. It was the world we grew up in. 
And isn't it interesting? I think there's a correlation to the fact that today, you stop a kid today and ask them about civics, they don't even know what the word means. They no know idea. all about Marilyn Monroe's bikini size, but they cannot tell you uh, the three branches of the federal government. They cannot tell you how a bill uh, gets to the floor. They don't even know who their governor is, let alone the president. It's, it's something that almost makes you think, has this been a long plot, a long game? Because how could we wake up to be so dumb? And yet, Absolutely. And yet we are. Yeah. But to answer your question about those who would get up and vote and get engaged and get going, um, granted, I'm playing my string on my guitar from my end. I believe the answer to the challenge is not only people getting out to vote and not only the church. I believe it's the pastor being biblical. And when I say biblical, every person I read about Every prophet, every situation in the book of Acts, everything that they're telling me is something that is relevant, happening to them in the moment. And they'll address emperors, they're addressing uh, governors, they're addressing leaders from Pontius Pilate to, the, to right. Nero. Yep. And the <clears throat> scriptures don't run away from what we call politics. The scriptures answers yes, they do. what I would like to put as the spin of politics. I have a belief that uh, God has given us the institution of marriage, of the church, and government. Yeah, but what about politics? Politics is what man does to government. How does that happen? We allow them to politicize government. Right. And what we're talking about is us taking back our God-given mandate to be stewards of this constitutional form of government. That's a really good point because what the left would often want you to believe is a political issue is not. That's it's right. a moral issue. That's right. And so they've taken what used to be within the purview of the church all throughout society and turned it into politics when really laws like Prop 47, which we shoot sure. to death all the time, right. you know, not holding criminals accountable for stealing, those are moral issues. That's right. And the church should stand up for what's right, not for uh, being dismissed by politicians who have convinced them to be ineffectual. And it's a great point about the branches of government, because yes, we do have the judicial, the executive, and the legislative, but we also have often less talked about and powerful component, which is the voting process. <laughs> and even though we wouldn't consider it a branch, it is certainly a method well, by which the citizens hold people accountable. Because look, all of these laws that we complain about, they come from people who were elected. So these these elected officials make really big decisions like when we go to war and how much money they take out of your pocket and Absolutely. how we respond to national emergencies. And that power is in the voters' hand. I love that. So I love that. Uh, the three branches really answer to the trunk. Absolutely. Which is we the people. That's well said. Good job. Because because in in a, in a you know it's often heard you know, and you hear this all the time. People say we're we're the government for the people by the people. But what that actually means is what makes us different than an oligarchy or um, you know uh, the kings and queens of England. What makes us different is that here we are the government. That's right. Uh, the people we are governed. We govern ourselves. So we let people go to D.C. to oversee That's some right. things. And if they mess up, we hold them accountable. We're supposed to fire them. And they're done. That's right. So 
So this is clearly a, a deeper, and there's a spiritual side to that, where the enemy came in and convinced the church to, com- to, to be completely ineffectual in their society, and, and where now you have the church looking to the social sciences for answers oh, instead of the Word of God. The, exactly. The pastor should be the clarion watchman that's informing his church regarding biblical application to the issues that the people are dealing with every day. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, seriously. I mean, even even this taxes, the tax deal. I mean, we don't usually talk about it. We just pay them. But now here in California, it's getting so obscene that it's it's actually... Like our good friend Bob McEwen tells us that there's only two people who can rob you, a guy with a gun or the government. And in California, the guy that has a gun, he doesn't even have the the wherewithal to rob you anymore. He can't afford the gas to get to you to rob you. I mean, it's unbelievably nuts. It's, it's, It's absolutely ridiculous. And it is a long game. And conservatives need to learn that uh, this takes time and dedication. The left's been at this for a long time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, yep. uh, Cleon Skousen wrote The Naked Communists, which outlined 45 points the communists were trying to achieve against Western civilization. And if you were to skip forward to today, because I, I don't remember the exact year that he wrote that. It was late 40s, 50s when he wrote that book, The Naked Communists. But if you skip forward to today, you'll see that they've accomplished virtually yeah. every single point. Yeah that was aimed at attacking the foundations of the United States, right? Yeah. Even Stalin knew that America was based on faith, on patriotism and family. And he said, if you can take down those three, America will fall within itself. And so what's yeah. what's wild is that the Democrats have essentially completely adopted that platform. All of their issues center around degrading in order to cause that dependency, which then leads to subservience, right? So not, let's not empower people in uh, inner cities. Let's not, let's not take our problem uh, neighborhoods and teach them how to work, teach them accountability. Uh, let's educate them. No, no, no. Let's, let's keep them dependent on the government, the left says, and so that we can depend on them for votes and we increase in power. Yeah, absolutely. And the church is, is a wall to that because we do not believe that we are ultimately accountable to the state or accountable to God. And the founders believe this too. That's That's why we have inalienable rights, which they believed came and were endowed upon us by a creator, not the government. They don't give us our rights. They protect them. Yep. So, So we are in a very, very dangerous place in our country right now because increasingly you meet, as you mentioned, you learn civics growing up. I, I would challenge anyone to go out on the street and ask anyone, let's just pick a number, 35 and younger, if they understand civics or voting. I, I would wager that most people in that age category would say, we don't vote, or That's I right. don't care about politics. Right. They're so wrapped up in whatever the current distraction is, social media, Experts. or you know, doing whatever they're doing, that we've completely lost that. And the only group that benefits that are individuals seeking to control people. That's right. That's Very right. dangerous. Yeah, you know, man, I, I, when the wall came down in Russia and Soviet Union, and we were almost immediately there, and we saw a culture that was aimless, walking about, completely stoned out on vodka. They were, the Russians had lost all hope. People were selling literally shirts and jackets uh, off their back for, for food money, right? Uh, the whole system ripped out their heart and spirit. And you look around mm-hmm. today, and, and we see, though we may mm-hmm. not be in, in, a, in a, a Soviet Union, what, what the progressive is trying to do 
is to get us to some revised version of that where when we say, we'll take care of you. And that's a dangerous thing because once you yep. start leaning on something, it takes, it takes energy to counter back, to stand up straight and get your balance back. It yep. becomes much more comfortable to just keep leaning until you atrophy. That's what people don't realize is when you let the government hand you money. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this, but so many churches, I hear about it all the time across from, from people reporting into us from around the, the nation. How many churches took in COVID money, mm -hmm. right? And what's really bizarre is that some of those churches took in millions of dollars and most of them didn't even recover or reopen as a church. I, I, the day of reckoning for that's going to be interesting. But what are you saying? Believe in God, but lean on the government? No, what I'm saying is that the government, me, Josiah, we're all going to have to answer to God in the end. And I mentioned that AP interviewer today. The reason why she interviewed me today is she wanted to get my uh, input on what is being called the danger of Christian nationalism. And I said, can you explain it to me? I, I, I knew about it. I knew the creator's definition of it, which I completely disagree with. But she had a hard time defining it because she wasn't sure about the definition of it. And it comes down to this. If you're a Christian, if you're white, and if you love America, you're a nationalist and you're dangerous. I found that fascinating because in Germany... If you use the term nationalist, I don't like the word nationalist. Uh, it conjures up Adolf Hitler. It conjures up that type of picture. And I told her, she goes, does that upset you? And I said, not at all, because it tells me something. It tells me that there's enough good people that I think are starting to wake up, and it may be seen in these primary elections, that's starting to concern the radical of the left-leaning uh, group, the progressives, that they're having to talk this narrative to shame us to stay home. That if we're a Christian, we should be ashamed of being a Christian. If we love America, if we have a flag on our house, we should be ashamed of that. Mm -hmm. And you should not get involved. You just stay home. And I told her, I said, listen, as long as I'm paying taxes, I'm going to go vote. And Christians have the exact same voice that anybody else has. The sad thing is the Christian has surrendered their voice no, one's, no one has silenced the Christian and beat them down in this nation yet. Nope. They don't have to. The, most Christians have become silent. So listen, with our time remaining, tell people why people in this 49th district, which, by the way, I need you to define it again. It's somewhere sure. from around what the, the Laguna or Corona del Mar region, uh, San Clemente region of Southern California. Yeah, the, the 49th is South Orange County, a part of North County San Diego all the way down to Del Mar Fairgrounds. So northernmost would be Dana Point and every city below that all the way down through Camp Pendleton. Currently held by a Democrat. Currently held by uh, Mike Levin. How is that possible? Yeah. Well, how? Come on, listen. San Diego and Orange County were red for years. Yeah, but, I uh, lived there, grew know. up. Listen, so what's the deal? Listen, why aren't you a shoe in Because that's heavily military. Mm -hmm. It's heavily red, white, and blue. Uh, why are, how, how did, how did, what's his name? Levin? Yeah. How did he get into office in the first place? Well, I think there's, there's two parts to that. One we've, we've already addressed significantly. That's the lack of people voting. The other part is that the establishment on the Republican side 
I believe, refuses to engage yes. in the culture war. I'm glad you just said that. And every aspect of the culture war, that's our morals, our families, uh, even issues like the Second Amendment, which they're timid in addressing. Um, Terrible. And, and that's such a failure because the left, while convincing everyone else to be quiet, and if you disagree with them, you're somehow a hateful bigot, they have waged the culture war 100% for years. And so... Just as we noted in studies that uh, Jim Jim Garlow highlights, there is a lack of equipping. There's a lack of knowledge. People don't know how to give an answer, and so they're they're attacked by the world with a, with a message, and Christians don't know how to give an appropriate biblical response mm. because they're not in the Word and they're not being taught by their pastors right. how to appropriately give an answer. How about we we are Bereans? That's right, and we study. To show ourselves approved, and, and we 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 right. look through everything carefully. That that whole concept in church is gone for the most part, and we're paying the price for it culturally because the left, unlike that, uh, you got to give it to them. They're fully dedicated to their ideology. Well, it's their god. It's I mean, their god. It. It's their religion. It's their religion. Absolutely. And so you have this sort of sweeping sentiment where there's a timidity. There's a there's a there's a I don't know how to give an answer, so I'm just going to go along with it. But but on a ray of hope to end, here's what I think. I think there'll be large turnouts of first-time voters this year. I think that people were very upset with the tyrannicalness of COVID here in California in the last two years. I think that now the generation I just mentioned that previously has not been engaged, if you have young kids in school, you all of a sudden started paying attention. We were mad about decisions. All of a sudden now politics matters, right? Because it affects me Isn't personally. People putting $200 of gas into their pickup trucks are mad all of a sudden. So I'm hoping that that encourages. Two, we have demographics that are pulling away, like Latinos and Hispanics, the largest growing conservative demographic in the country. They're leaving by the thousands. And they are traditionally strong family, Absolutely. moral people. Absolutely. So, so I think that this is, uh, you have to look at it in the long-term strategy uh, because the left does. We have to wake up and get engaged in the years going forward, right? Uh, election cycles will come and go, right. but we have to get out there and, and show people you don't have to acquiesce the left. Here, we, people are looking for leadership and inspiration. And frankly, it shouldn't come from a politician. It should come from the pulpits. I agree. As we point people back. Yes. I mean, Isaiah said the government is upon his shoulders. Yes. So the Bible doesn't hide from the fact that the church is to be engaged <laughs> in civic duty. We are. Government belongs to God, as you've Amen. pointed out many times. So why are we not mimicking that? So, and, and hopefully this is catching on. I mean, I've seen some tremendous grassroots movements pop up uh, in recent years. Um, but uh, it's a hard fight, and people need to realize that apathy is not going to cut it. Um, you wouldn't believe, you know, well, maybe you would, the type of attacks and, you know, comments that we get for just daring to stand up for what you believe in. Um, there's a violent rhetoric against truth, and Christians have to be the light bearers of truth. If we don't preserve truth, no one else will. And that has to get into politics. Man, you know, think about it. What's the deal? I get nervous if time goes by and I have not been criticized or attacked for some truth I said. That should be a cue. I get yeah. nervous. Yeah. If I am not in <clears throat> trouble for having said something that is right, if I say something like God requires us to preserve the life of the unborn, and I'm telling you, it, 
when people get upset at that, I know I'm, I'm right over the target. I'm spot on. Listen, with the time remaining, what can people do? And they don't have to be in the 49th to support you. No. No. Um, for all of your typical answers, obviously we need support. We need financial support. You, you have to have actual money to run a campaign, especially in Southern California. There needs to be actions behind the words. So we do need donations and support. And if you if you agree with what we're saying and you like this, get behind your candidate. Amen. Don't don't go for for you know endorsements necessarily. You find a candidate, and and I'm talking you know outside, wherever you live, wherever you are, you find a candidate that's standing up for America First values and biblical principles, and send that person your money, not the party. One, two, um, share share the information because all the money that we raise in campaigns is primarily for getting your name and your face out there sure, so people know who you yeah. are. That's right. So you can cheat the system by using these platforms mm -hmm. like social media and people online talking stuff. talking to people. Share it. Share it thousands of times. Get the word out there. You know, if, if you like something, then, then tell people about it. Go back to that community root perspective, which is your friends and your family. We want them engaged and encourage people to talk about the two things the left doesn't want us to talk about. Religion and politics. That's right. It's the two things we should be talking about the most. It's the two things we deal with every day of our lives, literally every day. Yep. And the enemy would say, don't talk about it. And and I would like to say before, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, win or lose this primary right now. These are issues that that need attention. And I believe the Lord is raising people up yes. to be a voice and to get engaged and to fight back. And unless someone does then really we have no right to complain. Yep. So um, I, I know that uh, you know elections come and go and some people may be disappointed if you don't win or you lose. I, you know what? It doesn't matter because when the Lord calls us to get engaged and do something, his plans are higher than ours. So we don't, <laughs> we're, we're going to take the fight to, to this state here yeah. in California and uh, we're going to disturb the peace because yeah. uh, we're not done. We're just yeah, getting we're, started. We're called to obey him and... Uh, I'd like to sweeten the pot this way. For those who are outside the 49th district, why should they throw love your way? Is because if you're elected to the United States Congress, then that's one less stronghold taken from the Democrat Party, which is crashing our nation as I speak. Absolutely. Can you imagine that your election, Josiah, could dethrone Nancy Pelosi? There could be a shift and she loses her place of power. That's why people who are in and out of the 49th should help you win. 100%. 100%. Each congressional seat is a vote. Each congressional seat is That's a right. vote. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do, uh, what do people do if they want to help you out? Well, if you want to learn more about um, who I am as a candidate, you can go to the website, which is O'Neillforcongress.com. O'Neillforcongress.com. And I also encourage if you're on the socials platforms, because that's a, just such an easy way to share information all the time. All the time. So Instagram, O'Neill for Congress. Facebook, O'Neill for Congress. I'm on Truth Social as well. We have interviews on Rumble. We have a YouTube channel. I mean, at this point, I think it's during the campaign, we put enough out there. If you just Google Josiah yes. O'Neill, you'll, you'll see our thing somehow. But all of that content is free 
and it's shareable. That's right. So find, you know, events that we've done. We did a great event here, Faith in Action, yep, which was a my understanding was shared astronomically across the huge, country. Huge viewership. Um, share it. And there's more of that to come because yep. the more that I've learned as a first time candidate, uh, I've learned a tremendous amount peeking behind that curtain. And uh, I'm about to blow it all up because we, we um, people need to know what's really happening in their political process. And uh, we're, we're going to take it public. And, uh, and I love you for it. And <laughs> it, it is, it, you said something in closing that is so true. We are to show up as believers. We're to be good stewards over the opportunities that God has given us. We're to obey him. And, um, and we leave the outcome to him. But, um, yeah. I want to read something Please. just in closing because I just want people to realize how far we've come. The Supreme Court made a decision, Supreme Court v. Engel, 1962, to remove prayer from public schools. Yep. But I want people to hear what the New York School Board's prayer was. This is what kids said every morning in class. It's short. New York. In New York. Public schools. This was the prayer that was so offensive they had to rip it out and away from our children. This is what it said. Almighty God. We acknowledge our dependence upon thee, and we beg thy blessing upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. Yep. Imagine if yep. that's the messaging in public schools yep. versus what we have now, the moral depravity, yep. the, the, the insanity, the mental illness we encourage. Right. We are destroying our children. Since the eviction of God via the removal of that, the data is nothing but disastrous. There's Absolutely. no good that has come out of the removal of that. No good. It's all bad. And we've pointed out, you don't have to be a Christian to benefit from God's love. When, when a nation is blessed, the rain falls on everybody. You know, the founders knew this. This is why we established freedom of religion. They acknowledged, yes, you should be able to do as you please. But there's a big difference between tolerance and condoning, tolerance and endorsement. It's, 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 it's impossible to separate the idea that our founders said, based on the Bible, the Christian they, Bible, that's right. we will build this nation. They said it. They said it so many times. Adam said that if the Bible were to be picked up by any nation on earth and apply it, it would become a great nation. And they were so secure in their Christianity and the few deists that were there. They were so secure in their belief that, number one, all of them, all 56, agreed to assemble for prayer. All of them mm. gathered at Benjamin Franklin's initial request, mind you. And the fact that they acknowledged God. They made the First Amendment the First Amendment and the Second the Second for a big reason. They considered those two amendments in accordance with natural law. Absolutely. That man will speak his mind. You can't make a law to shut him up. And the Second Amendment is man will always protect himself when pushed. That's right. And that's a fact. They recognize that. And here's what's brilliant is that they established what is referred to as a secular nation meaning that we are not a Baptist nation. We're not a, we're not a Catholic nation. 
our founding fathers were so secure in their relationship with God that they created a government and rights that even if you were an atheist, you had the exact same rights as the Congregationalist or the Anabaptist right. or the Presbyterian. It's genius. It never happened before in the history of man. And people want to beat up our founding fathers and or say that they were not believers. The greatness of this nation was they were so secure in their faith that they invented a great nation knowing not everybody's going to be a believer. We're, we're right. cool with that. But we want to make sure that every believer <clears throat> and non-believer has the exact same rights. That came from heaven. Think about that thinking is absolutely spectacular. Absolutely. That's why there's a there was a tree in the Garden of Eden, right? <laughs> yeah. You put choice there in the very beginning. Choice. Uh, it, it's 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 absolutely correct, and I I I hope and think that more and people more and more people are waking up to the fact, just just that point alone. To to and to those who may listen who are not Christians or don't care to or have never been to church, I hope that they're realizing that a Christian Judeo America is better than a Marxist totalitarian regime and and that the two are inseparable can are are we so arrogant to think that we know better than oh. those in the past who have already learned this apparently we do th right. think we are <laughs> some people too so i don't know if people know this either but a vacancy is always filled a vacuum is always yes replaced right so let's give them what they want hypothetically and i know we're going over time here now but yeah. hypothetically Everybody who thinks we're the big, mean, bad, white guys in this world and we ought to go and away. So, okay, we'll go away. Let's just all leave. So the Judeo-Christian worldview people up and leave. What are you going to replace it with? What's going to fill the void? I'll tell you what's going to fill the void. It's what filled the void in many countries in the world where Christianity That's right. was either... Uh, driven away or conquered, and that's Islam. Hmm. Think about it. Islam is right now replacing Christianity in Europe. The great ch churches and cathedrals of yesteryear's Christianity in Europe, many of them are mosques now. Hmm. And there is no Judeo-Christian jurisprudence in Islam. There is no Judeo-Christian freedom and rights in Islam like they are present in, Christ, in, in Christianity. So be careful. The very thing that you mm. curse and, and hate, it's probably because you don't understand it. But we're not even asking you to be a believer. Like you said, it's choice. Yep, absolutely. But the world knows. It's <clears throat> funny. People outside, look, you grew up in a foreign country. You knew yeah. growing up that America was the best hope on the planet. And... We're, right. we're close to losing all that. I, I hope that that's not the case. Look, I'm old and I'm going to see Jesus soon, but I got grandkids, man. Yeah. And I'm fighting for it's right because got, I've got grandkids. Oh, that's a good point because what, what I think the final straw, though there were many things that led me to run for Congress, the final straw was looking at my children. Absolutely. And what's happening in the world and saying, this is where we draw the line. And I, I do want to mention something real close here. I know we're finishing. There was a man named Polycarp, mm -hmm. um, and I think more Christians need to be acquainted with him, right? Here's a guy who historians, working out the chronology, estimate that he was probably in the church in Smyrna 
uh, around the time when Revelation addresses that letter to Smyrna, that Polycarp probably heard that message being read. Yeah. And where they said, many of you will be imprisoned or you'll yeah. be persecuted yeah. for your faith. I don't know if Polycarp thought about that at the time. But skip forward to 152 AD, mm. and Christians are being forced to make sacrifices to Caesar, the Roman emperor, upon pain of death or imprisonment. Polycarp, according to you know church history, is now the bishop of the church of Smyrna. He's the pastor, the overseer, and he refuses. That's right. And he goes into hiding. That's how much he believed in what we're talking about. Right. He goes into hiding, but the Romans find him. They bring him out. He's 86 years old. I love this. And they bring him before the tribunal. Fox's Book of Martyrs has this. Yes, yes. And if you haven't read Fox's, at least have a copy in your house. They bring him before the tribunal and they beg him to consider his age and let it go. Renounce, revile Christ. Come on, old man. Just denounce. Just let it go. And and they threaten him with animals. Right. And he said, I bid them come. Bring the animals then. And, and, and. The emperor was so mad that they they said, we're going to burn you to death, right? And Polycarp said, you don't need to tie me up because I'm going to stand right I'm, there. I'm not running. And, um, of course, if you don't know the end of the story, Polycarp was killed. Yep. He's martyred. Actually, the flames, because the wind was blowing, are blowing the flames away from him, and it was taking him more time to die. Right. And a Roman soldier actually stepped forward and yep. ran him through with his sword. Yep. Now, I'm listening to that. I listened to a teaching the other day where, where, where they're talking about Polycarp. And I'm comparing that to a church who closed their doors because some guy named Newsom told them they couldn't worship anymore. Right. And what what a shame I felt yeah. for the condition of the church where we have a free society still, as of now, and the ability to stand up and fight back and stand for truth. And we have guys like Polycarp who literally went to their death and were burned alive right. in, in refusal to deny Christ. Right. Come on, California. Right. Because... The pulpits have allowed us to become, not Absolutely. Smyrna, the pulpits have allowed us to become Laodicean. Yeah. We are Laodicean. Mm. Josiah O'Neill, California's 49th district. Uh, you got to win. We love you. You're what's right for California. You're what's right, you're what's right for this nation. And I want to thank you for your years, nearly 20 years now, 20 years of service to our liberties and freedoms here in this country. I consider uh, it an honor to know you. I love you. You already know all this. So God bless you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. This Jack Kemp's podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Free.